Welcome to Resilient Love Podcast. Join hosts Quentin and Brianna as they discuss tips on love, life, and business. Let's get into this next episode. Everybody. Hi, everybody. We're back with another episode of Resilient, Resilient Love. Love. And we have an awesome special guest with us, Miss Michelle. Hey, Miss Michelle. Hello. How are you? Good. So before we get into today's topic about talking about um just your relationship with Christ and how that relationship with Christ also connects with your relationship with your spouse. So this is going to be awesome. I can't wait for her to share all her goody, goody, goodies. But before we get into that, let's do our question of the day. Hmm. What's the question of the day, Q? The question of the day is, what is your goal? What is your main goal for 2021 in the first quarter? 22? I mean, 22, sorry. I think... I think the first goal is to say 2022. <laughs> but Miss Michelle, we'll let you start it um, off. I think the first goal is to stay healthy, <laughs> uh, get through the pandemic. I, I know it's always a struggle. Everyone's always trying to make sure that they're staying healthy. Just to, I want my whole family to stay healthy. That's a definite first goal. After that, it's really uh, continuing to have opportunities to reach out and help people who are dealing with relationship challenges. That's a goal that I have each year. And that's one that I want to continue in 2022 for sure. Yes. And you know what? One of my goals is to continue to have these type of dialogues with people who want to make that necessary change because change starts with us. But some of us do not are not in position to change because we may not have the knowledge of what we need to change. Yes. Uh, what about you? Uh, for me, I think uh, my main goal is to put actionable steps to make the change. A lot of times we say the change, we want change, uh, but we are hindered by not putting actionable, reasonable steps. It's absolutely true. Absolutely. So true. we got so deep early. We jumped <laughs> right in early. So how would you rate your day on a scale of one to five? Um, a scale, uh, probably a three because it's very cold here in Rochester, New York. I, we've just been hit with a big snowstorm. My dog was trying to get out through his backyard to go outside and he's like hopping through the snow. It's like, tw- we have a foot of snow here right now. Oh my so God. It's a challenge, but I mean, I love the day, but it's just a challenge in terms of cars and getting out and shoveling. So <laughs> <laughs> A lot of shoveling sound like <laughs> We're getting a big storm. Uh, <laughs> well, it is sunny North Carolina today. Aww. But we shall there? see because we're supposed to have snowflakes later. Do you get any of that ice? I heard like North Carolina or something was getting some ice, or is that South Well, Carolina? more of the western part, mm-hmm. like Asheville, Raleigh, Greensboro. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So not us, not the little east side. You, you lucked out. You lucked out. <laughs> 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 yeah oh how would you rate your day uh for me a four four a four okay. I, I only because i it's going good it's good it's a good day but i really want to uh get some stuff accomplished and then it'll be a five <laughs> <laughs> um i think i'm already at a five 
because I've done a lot already. So good for you. Yeah, I was a lot of stuff. Yeah, I got up early to get it done. So good for you. Good for you. All right. So this is awesome. But you know, after all of this great conversation, let's learn more about you. So you start us off. So um, could you share with our audience who you are and some of the aspects of how you got started in your ministry? Yes. Um, okay. In terms of my background, I went to school and I was a therapist. I, was, I helped in people with families and individuals as a therapist for many years. And then um, I really started feeling the call by God to focus more on the spiritual aspects. I was seeing people coming in with emotional problems but every, every one of them also had a spiritual longing. They were, there was a hole. They were feeling disconnected from God. They were feeling disconnected from others. And so I was praying about it, and I really felt the pull from God to go back to school. I had already had a master's in social work, to go back and get a degree in theology and to start incorporating ministry work into it so that you know I could help people who also had spiritual challenges. So uh, the people at my work started seeing that clients were coming to me for that issue. So uh, I started moving in that direction. And then I started getting into working at different um, churches and, and helping there with people who had a variety of different, starting off with youth ministry and then going from youth ministry into working with adults to help, uh, help them learn about the faith, uh, a lot of sharing about God's word and uh, helping people with different pastoral issues, you know, counseling issues that were from a spiritual nature. So that's kind of how I moved into that. And now I do both. Now I focus on coaching people who have relationship issues, but as part of that, you know, all of our relationships are intertwined. If you, if you have a problem in one area, you know, it affects all your other relationships and it also affects your spiritual relationships. So I don't see them as separate anymore. I see them as very integrated. So if you're helping people in one area, it, it, it helps them in all the other relationship areas. That's Social, social work, a counselor, counselor, and now, now ministry look, but it's all integrated, it's all working with people and getting those problems together. So, podcast is a little, I know you have a love for me because God is love, that's what that love is, and all in all relationships. So, can you share something about your love life? What would you like to share with our listeners? Um, I love life. Okay. Um, right now I'm currently married uh, to my husband. We've been married 28 years and we have three children. We have twins, boy and girl that are now 26 years old. And then we have an, another son who's a year older, who's 27. So, um, you know, we've gone through with this many years of being married, we've gone through the, you know, the gamut of all the different ups and downs and challenges that come your way, whether it be financial, whether it be emotional, whether it be communication issues, We've hit them all, you know, through our 20, going on 29 years, we've hit those, those areas quite a bit. Prior to my marriage, I was engaged to a gentleman for six years and that engagement uh, ended. So I know the pain that people go through who are on a path toward marriage. And then, you know, it, a decision comes in that you're not going to end up going that way. So I'm very sensitive to people who are going those paths who have experienced that kind of pain, because it is a big decision when you're making decisions to get married. So um, sort of my life experience between, you know, what it was like to be in a long-term relationship that didn't end up in marriage. And then now with my husband happily married for this many years, there's lots of different experiences to share. Yeah. I mean, 
you know, you know that that first that first situation, the six years. I mean, to get to that point, that preparation. If you don't mind opening the door a little bit, did you all go through that process of inviting people and getting people prepared to come to the wedding? Or was it just something between you guys, like only you and him were knew about it and your immediate, or was it more public? Oh, no, it was more public. We had gotten to the point where, you know, we had engagement photos. I had bought the dress. The date was set. Reception money had been put down for the actual reception. Um, so it got, you know, pretty much within months of a marriage situation. So, you know, there had already been all the plans that had been set. Um, and family that had been notified, you know, that was aware of it. And invitations hadn't gone out, but there was the awareness that it was coming up. So yeah, right. the, the pain of that, the pain of all that planning and then thinking your life's going in one direction and then suddenly it's not, you know, and that, and that whole thing. Yeah, that, mm. that was definitely, that was definitely a, a test of, of resilience for me on that. Yeah. Already, already. Yeah. So now that you are in this relationship, I want Q to jump in. Because I can get happy. <laughs> so um, now that you're in this relationship, now let's get into how we keep God in the center of our marriage and what does it mean exactly? Yeah. Because sometimes yeah. I know that gets a little miscued and. Keep uh, God first. What yeah. does that really mean? Keep God in the center. I, I think the first step that I would say with people, and I've, I've had a lot of people who brought this issue to me, you know, is, is really, we, a lot of times people don't ask God to be part of their relationships. They really don't invite God in. They sort of look at like, okay, there's the spiritual life with God, and then there are my relationships. And they don't mm. integrate, they don't integrate the two. It's like, okay, I have my prayer life, and I have my worship, and then there's my marriage. And instead, it's about inviting God in and saying, I want you to, to be a part of all my relationships my married my relationships, my friend relationships, my family relationships. I really want you to be a part of this. And what I mean by that is, is asking God to come in and give you direction. A lot of times we say we want direction, you know, we kind of do the prayer like, okay, God help me. But do we really want God to give us direction on what we should do? Because that involves accountability. <laughs> that involves a look at our own behavior, you know, um, when we open our relationships up to God, we may, we may sense from God in our prayer life that, that some of our behaviors are, are, are really not, are actually hurting our relationships, that we are in turn having the wrong attitude, maybe the wrong value, um, and that we have to take a really deep look inside ourselves. And that's where I see a lot of people who I coach, that's where it stops. They're okay with saying they want God to be part of their relationships, but when it comes to saying, I'm going to let God direct it, I'm going to let God open up in me what I need to change. Suddenly, that's the big stop. <laughs> you know, right. kind of like what you were saying earlier, Gwen, about you know, where is that next step? About you know, how deep do we want to go? How do we want to look at ourselves and our behaviors? You know, because that's the real issue. We can talk about wanting God part of it, but what are we willing to do to take action when God starts pointing us in the directions that He wants in our relationships? I think that's a, that's very critical because when your relationship is in, in rocky, you need the rock of Christ. Absolutely. Oh, I love that analogy. <laughs> I love that. So analogy. you need the rock when you're rocky. 
and I think that we miss we miss the mark because we are so, as you just mentioned, separate. I, I this is my category. This is your category. But God wants to be a part of all because He's an all-seeing, all-knowing. So He wants it all. Right. Uh, I would, yeah, and I, I would definitely say just thinking about it. Um, oftentimes we, of course, lean to our own understanding, which is totally out of the order of God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So there's the first issue mm-hmm. and then we compartmentalize everything until it's so jam-packed that stuff begins falling out. <laughs> so when yeah. we talk about the question of putting God in the center, when you when you think back to that first relationship, what was your status with God and then with that particular person? Well, here's where the change comes in. I think it was very important that it helped me in my spiritual life after that relationship is this, is that in that relationship, I so much wanted it to go to marriage that here's where I wasn't listening to God's direction. I was praying to God saying, oh, please help me so that this, this marriage, you know, this engagement works, you know? And then when it wasn't working, I wasn't stepping back enough to say, wait a minute, God is helping me. The help is that this is not the right relationship. And see, that's the problem. We have our our desires and our hearts set on something and we we want to hold that sort of that attachment we want to hold on too tight well then we're not free to listen to god because we've got our own will and this is where our own will is rubbing against and this is where i was seeing my own will rubbing against god's he was clearly directing me that this relationship wouldn't be good for me in the long term but i you know you, you at that point when you're younger and you you feel you're in love and you want the relationship to work so badly and i see this a lot uh, it happens both with men and women. I, I'm sorry to say I see it more with women, but it also does happen with men too, where you just so want to be with that person because you you feel like it's right. You feel like you've done, you know, the compatibility. and the, But then when you really step back, God's asking you to look at what about over here? Are you really compatible over here? Are you really compatible mm-hmm. in this area? Do you really have the, sh- the same vision for life, the same goals, the same spiritual commitment together as a couple? Do you really have that? And when the answer comes back, no, and you start realizing, no, we're missing a piece and the willingness to let go of it. See, that's where it becomes very difficult. And that's what happened to me. They're really, you know, I needed to listen more fully to God that he was pulling me back from that relationship. Mm. Wow. Um, You know, as you talk, I'm just seeing the different things and envisioning myself because Prior to our marriage, I was with a gentleman from high school as in 12th grade, from 12th grade until about 2013. So you're talking about a solid four to five years of just being somebody's girlfriend. Mine was in my 20s. Mine was in my 20s. Okay. And so like 29. Okay. And so when I was, when I was going through that phase of life, I see how I myself got trapped into this idea of this is it, you know, this is the guy, this is it. And when it did not work out, I had to go through a spiritual, almost like a spiritual detox of just getting back to me, remembering who Brianna is, remembering that you know, you were young and you got caught up on this idea, but you lost you. Right. So I just appreciate that point 
that you have to seek God, even if God's answer is no. Right. And honestly, I felt no. <laughs> but I was trying to change the end to a G so it could be go. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, are you pronouncing that right? Are you saying go? Okay. <laughs> what about you, Q? Um, <laughs> I think uh, even in my own past relationships, a lot of times was no. Um, but I begin, I think we all begin to just settle. Mm-hmm. And just say, well, everything has problems. It'll work out. And sometimes you just have to come to the realization that it's not, this is not, this is not God ordained. This is something you put together. Right. And right. you're completely Absolutely. not listening. Mm-hmm. You ordain and you complain. Right. <laughs> so it, it it just it becomes a a revolving door if you allow it. me I had a lot of different relationships prior and they all had that I, I see that level of brokenness that you begin to accept whatever right um until you just finally get fed up and tired of it and say I want to do something different um but it comes with a decision to just say okay I need to do something different I'm at a point in my life that I can't waste any more time. What am I going to do? God, I'm listening. Yeah, and what I see with a lot of people too is that sometimes when they're in a very long-term relationship, they feel like they've invested so much emotionally that they want to stay in it even if it isn't right because they don't want to go back to square one of starting all over with a new relationship. Just the sheer amount of emotional investment that they've already put in makes it difficult for them to leave. Yes, that was me at my young age. I'm like, "Uh uh-uh, this 18-year-old thing got to work out. We 18, but we going to go through life together. And then I had to realize that as the Bible says, one man plants, another man waters, and God provides the increase. So I had to respect the fact that the things I provided gave him his insight so he could have foresight. So that he could be able to be the best man he can be for his future person. Right. Absolutely. Because I had to, I had to get that. If it wasn't for me going through that, I don't even know. And that I'm better because of that. So and oftentimes I've I've heard uh, you know, show me your spouse and I'll show you your future. And oh, some like people that. take it the wrong way that it doesn't mean either either person is a bad person. It's just not, they're not the person for each other. Right, right. Absolutely. And I like that. I like those metaphors that you use. Those are great. <laughs> <laughs> You've got really good metaphors. I like Thank you. Um, so, so 28 years, let's get back to that. 28 years, three beautiful children, you moving forward in your business. Let's talk about that transition. Sure. Um, in terms of like my relationship with God or uh-huh. God yeah. and now moving into, cause you know, some people, when they go through something like you experience or just that traumatic hurt, yeah. do I even want to go? Do I just want to be single or right. will I just be the type of person just be with anybody? You know what I mean? 
So how did you get to that place? Like, I'm, I still want this. You know what? It's because I think after that experience and all the pain that went with it, when I met my husband, actually, we kind of reconnected. We knew each other in high school. And then we ended up at kind of one of those stories where we ended up at a 10-year high school reunion and reconnected. You know? Okay. But, uh, but just... I think I felt gratitude toward God. I felt like God was patient with me when I was not listening to him carefully about that other relationship. And so grateful that he would still love me enough to want to steer me. You know what I mean? Like that he would still care and love me to guide me to a relationship um, and, and bring me. And so I felt gratitude and that kind of hovers over my relationship today in my marriage is that continual sense that God was with me and stayed with me during that difficult time. And now in my marriage, I'm just so much more grateful that I'm where I'm supposed to be with the person that I'm supposed to be with. So I guess that's the theme that's carried through for me from that, it, that pain experience to where I am today is that sense of gratitude and God being with me on my relationship journey, you know, throughout mm. it. And then I love carries, that. Yeah. And it carries to my business too. I just feel like the awareness that God is with me and, and all of us, I mean, you know, on our life's journey, and, and that's something too I wanted to share about with relationships in terms of making God the center of our relationships. A lot of times it's not only being open to God, but re recalling what God has already done in our lives to get that sense of gratitude. You know, sometimes you get so focused on a problem in a current relationship. Do we step back and look at all the other relationships in the past, not just our marital relationships, but friends and family, where God has helped us through tough times, maybe communication difficulties with family or falling out with friends. And yet when we turn to God and ask for help, we got that guidance. So sometimes just recalling what God has already done in other situations helps us through a current difficult one, if that makes, you know. That's perfect. That's perfect. I mean, sometimes as the old folks say, when I think back <laughs> to all he's brought me through, Right. It's just like your soul cries out, hallelujah. Because it's just like, you brought me through this. I'm grateful. And I like to use, um, like there's certain things in my early 20s that now at 30, when I, when I turned 30, it's like light bulbs just started coming on. And there's certain things on the journey that you, it's like a sticky note. You don't need it now, but you'll need it five years from now. So just eventually it'll come a time yeah. you'll remember why. Yeah, I like that. Being able to remember why. Yeah, it's yeah. great. You know, and also yeah. another way to recall, another way to recall is, I mean, I know many people read the Bible, you know, read the Bible frequently or daily, but that also helps us to remember, you know, that God helped people by reading the stories of the Bible where he actually helps people in their relationships. You know, a lot of people I talk with, they, especially today, for some reason, people do, a lot of people are, are starting to not think that God cares about their individual daily lives. I don't know if it's due to the pandemic or a lot of the bad news that's on, on, you know, our television all the time, but they're starting to get wearied down into believing that God really does care about their daily life and their relationships. And I think reading the Bible stories again, you know, when I think about the story, you know, even of Mary and Joseph, you know, here's a relationship that's on the way to marry, well, they're betrothed, which in the Jewish culture was the first steps of marriage. And you have Mary, who's got, a, who's pleading to God to talk, figure out how she's going to be able to tell Joseph about this, this pregnancy, because she knows it's not his. And you got Joseph turning to God, ready to, to divorce Mary, to not be his wife. So you had a crisis. This is, you know, a crisis of a real relationship with a man and a woman trying to figure out how they're going to, how they're going to deal with this. 
and they each get help from God. You know, we know the story where Joseph gets an angel that comes to him and tells him not to be afraid to take Mary as his wife. So he's, he's, he did exactly what we had said about he was open to God giving him direction, and he was willing to listen to God who said, take Mary as your wife. Do not be afraid to take her as your wife because he was ready to divorce her. That's what the scriptures tell us. Yes. So a real couple in a real relationship problem, you know, sometimes we forget that when we read the scriptures that these people were dealing with the stuff we deal with, you know, today, you know, it's just, um, <laughs> you know, kind of that reminder that God is in fact present in our relationships. Yes. That's, that's an awesome example. Awesome. Because I, I, I think back to, as you just mentioned, daily situations, I'm, I'm pregnant but it's not yours. I mean, <laughs> right. right. <laughs> people are dealing with, it, you know, and, 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 you know, people are dealing with, uh, you know, every day there's people dealing with different situations like that. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I mean, honestly, that I feel like that's, that's the clip right there. I'm, I think I'm going to use that one. <laughs> because I feel like it's so beneficial to people to see God gave us a preview of how to deal with it. There's nothing new under the sun. Everything, it, it's already there. You just have to be willing to read and connect. Read and connect. I think that's it. When we read and connect, that helps God to get to the center of our relationship. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because mm -hmm. when I think about COVID and I think about how it's changed everyone's pattern of life, I think about Job. It's a rare disease. You don't know what to expect. How I'm trying to trust you, God, but I just don't know. And mm -hmm. it's okay to say I, I'm just I'm frustrated. But and you, like you said, you get bogged down with media news, mm -hmm. but you have to keep your ear open just to hear God. Mm -hmm. right. Exactly. He was tested to see if he would curse God through his infirmity, through his life challenges. And Job kept the faith. And that's the thing that we have to do in our relationships. Even when he lost it all, he kept the faith. And through that, keeping the faith and trusting God, he saw double, as I like to say, for his trouble. <laughs> exactly. You know, I think of the other, the other good story in the Bible about the woman, the Samaritan woman at the well. Jesus comes up to the well and he already knows her entire relationship history. He tells her that she's already been married, you know, five times and that the current person that she's with is not her husband. And what he's doing is he's, she, he's trying to get her to see, to trust in him for a relationship help, that she's looking for love sort of in all the wrong places. And Ooh. he's trying to get her to, to, to focus more on his relationship with her being the priority and the other stuff will come after. But to put that relationship first, the relationship with God, and, and so many times, you know, especially when we're younger, our relationship focuses on finding a partner, finding a mate, finding the right person, instead of it being on, is my relationship with God right? And when that's right, and we're in good, then the rest will fall in, in line. But, mm -hmm. you know, the woman at the well is a perfect story of that because she was, she was, you know, looking for that kind of love and he was, yeah. he was trying to focus uh, back onto him. So I thought it was a good story. That is a good one. That's a that's a perfect one too. I'm telling you, pulling out. See, that's, <laughs> you you're here to pull it out, pull out that point. And um, but yeah, like I, I believe that having God at the center, you know, a three stranded cord is not easily broken. Mm 
And that's the main thing that even Quentin and I, as we went through our counseling and different sessions, we actually have a book that we reference before you say I do. That book, along with counseling and personal prayer, I'm telling you, as I told my parents, life situations is about a combination. You got to have prayer, praise, and then you need to get in that Bible and read. The combination of those things will bring forth the revelation, the breakthrough, the clarity, etc. So anyway, I think that through us going through counseling, that has helped our marriage because even today when we were in prayer, he said, Lord, thank you for my wife. I'm like, <laughs> and it was just like, you know, understanding that prayer and God, period, has to be there. That's how the marriage stays together. That's how the ring is symbolizing nothing broken. But how is it not broken? Because God is the ring and we're inside of it. Oh, I like that. I like that. You know, you think about how Jesus, you know, we know the story where Jesus' first miracle is the wedding at Cana. The fact that it's at a wedding, it always, it always makes me think, you know, how special God looks at, at marriage, that his very first miracle takes place at Cana at a wedding feast. And I, I you know, just the, the emphasis that God puts on marriage and, and how he wants it to be holy between people. I just, it just always, it always gets me thinking about that each time, you know. Yeah. I, I, you know, I think also what I've seen too with people, with people, when we want to ask God to be part of our relationships, I think sometimes there's a fear. Like when we talked about sharing our relationships with God, but I think really for, for people, including ourselves, is that at different times, maybe we've gotten involved in a behavior, or maybe we have an attitude that we know has hurt our marriage. And we're not fully sharing that with God because we're kind of feeling a little guilty about it. Or maybe we try to minimize it because we want to think better of ourselves. So we don't fully tell God hey, this is what I need to change in the marriage. Can you help me? We're more like, this is what my spouse needs to change. Can you help him or her change? <laughs> All right. You stepping on some toes. Are you stepping on them? <laughs> what are your thoughts? What are your experiences? <laughs> I'm going to let Quinn start. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I would agree. I think um, we focus so much on what we don't like that we don't take a second to actually look at ourselves and see what role that we play because both parties play a role. And that's what you have to remember. It's about finding the common ground. How do we come together? You can't keep talking about a, a problem with no solution. And you know, you have to and Quentin said this to me, so this is a real experience. <laughs> when <laughs> When there was a situation happening, I wasn't giving Quentin time to show me the improvement. So you can tell some, you can tell your spouse or your significant other, I don't like X, but you can't see why because you're still stuck on X. So that's what I'm trying to tell people in the process of, of the residue, right? Because I had residue of that four-year relationship where when I told the person something, they didn't do it. However, I didn't give that person a chance as well. So that was residue from there. Now that I'm married, I can't put that residue on him. I have to be able to say, Lord, you changed me. And in changing me, my eyes can see the change in him. 
And that's what I had to go through. So it, once I did that, he was like, oh, you ain't going to say nothing? No. <laughs> <laughs> so it worked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was like, oh, you you good? I'm great. <laughs> some, some things only come with time. But time with correction. Correction. Right. Because you have to correct even with the time. There has to be some shifting happening. You know, um, your point was so valid. Like you get caught up on he or she is the problem, mm -hmm. but you miss what you brought to the table. Right. Right. I mean, mm -hmm. think about math. One plus one equal two, <laughs> baby. You got <laughs> we didn't get this solution. We didn't get the problem without the solution. So you got to give me a solution, right? Because one plus one, how are we going to get the two? So true. I, I think mean, we missed that. It comes down to willingness, too. How, how willing are we really to follow through when God does give us that direction? I mean, are we really going to take those steps? Like you were mentioning, are we really going to take those steps? Or do we just talk about doing the steps? But do we actually start the next day saying, you know what, I'm going to make that change. I'm whether it's an attitude change toward my spouse or whether I'm going to stop blaming them for things or whatever it might be, or maybe I'm going to be better at listening to them or better at conflict resolution, whatever it might be, what am I really willing to take action steps to follow through on rather than just talking about it? I'm going to do it someday, but it doesn't happen. You know what I mean? Yeah, yes. I, I, I do. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to give you one question. I have another question sure. and um, it's very specific. So here we go. Okay. What do you do when you walk into a marriage and your fairy tale, it, it, it needs work? You thought it was going to be one way, but there are some factors that has arose or has risen up in this conversation or in this marriage to the point that you're ready to leave. Mm. Now, this is not a personal account, but this is real. Yeah. So what, what would you tell that person who's actually saying, I know God, we go to church together, we pray, but he hasn't changed. I don't think I'm doing nothing wrong. I mean, what would you say to that couple? The first thing when you're, you got to start off with is you got to identify the problem. You know, in, in the couple, are they even on the same page as to what the problem is? Because you could put those two people in a room and, the, and this has happened in marital work that I've done where the husband's got his idea of what the main problem between them as a couple is and the wife has a completely different idea. So before you can even work on anything, if you're starting off with two people already not even identifying the same problem, that's an issue. So what I would say is if you really want to start off with working on it, identify and, start and state to each other what you identify as the main problem currently in your marriage. Not maybe several years ago, but currently. What is that one issue right now or multiple issues that you see that you're facing? Write them down privately, each of you write down, and then make an arrangement to get together and swap and see the list. Because if they're not the same, you've got more work to do. So, and it's crucial that you find that out because there's no way that you can develop action steps there's no way that you can develop a plan when you're already starting off with a completely different idea of where the work needs to begin, of where the problem is. So that's mm -hmm. step number one.
Absolutely. And couples can do that. All they need to do is, like I said, spend some time privately writing down what they think the number of the problem is right now in their marriage and what they want to see happen and then get together and swap the list and take a look at, see if you're on the same page. That has to happen first. Yeah. Identification of the problem. Right. Yeah. Because you can get into you can't get into expectations. You can't get into communication issues if you don't agree on what the problem is. If you don't agree on what you think is the issue, you know. Yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I I hate to go into the counseling session, but I hope that helps somebody out there. If you're on the brink of saying I'm done, I want yeah. you to say not yet. Absolutely. Take the pause button. button. And remember what we said earlier about if if, if, in a biblical story of Joseph, he was ready to to leave the relationship with Mary. You know, he was ready to divorce her. Scripture is very clear on that. And he was wrestling over it. And God put the pause button on him and said, You don't know the whole story. And basically, in so many ways, God was telling him, You don't know the whole story. You don't know the circumstances that are going on. And that's the same in our, our relationships. We may want to leave our spouse. And God's saying, wait a minute, you don't know the whole situation. You don't know that maybe your spouse has got a, a private issue that they haven't shared with you. That's a big influence on what's happening in your marriage, but they haven't shared it with you yet. Yet God knows that that's going on. So that pause button gives a chance for people to have to see the larger whole. What is going on outside of things mm-hmm. that might be impacting, mm-hmm. the, impacting that marriage? Or maybe they're having an issue at their job that they haven't told you about, that they're bringing in that pain to the marriage and you're ready to leave the relationship over it. And you don't even know that this is going on. That's why I say that it's so important to find out what is the issue that each of you think is going on. Because it gives the other partner a chance to say, you know what, honey, I've been angry for a year in our marriage because I've been worried at my work that I'm going to lose my job. And my boss is riding me he's, he's, he, or he or she's being you know, cruel to me. I haven't talked to you about it. But that's why I've been terrible in the marriage for the past year. That's why I've been hollering at you. That's why I've been, you know, emotionally, you know, or verbally abusive because I haven't been able to handle it. So again, we don't know what's going on unless we can identify what those issues are right from the beginning. Right. Yeah. Um, that <laughs> I, I really appreciate that. And hopefully those out there that's listening will catch the revelation. Um, so with that being said, Ms. Michelle, we want to know how has the experiences that you went through, how have those experiences made you more resilient and brought so much wisdom to the table today? Wow. I think when I look at it, like, for example, in my marriage, just to give you some situations that I've had to go through, we had a situation where my husband had to work out of town and uh, he got a job out of town, um, in order to support our family. That meant while the kids were still little, I was with the kids Monday through Friday by myself. And then he'd have to come back in on the weekends because he was traveling and having to stay at a hotel during the week because of the job. That puts a strain on a marriage because you're not getting a chance to communicate with each other that often. When you finally do see each other, you're tired because you're coming in at the end of the week and you've got all these problems that have happened maybe during the week with, you know, with the kids and things you want to share. So, you know, I was really leaning on God heavily during that time saying, you know, I'm feeling alone. You know, I know this is not my husband's fault. He's got to, you know, he's working for us, but we're, we're you know, we're, we're not physically together. We're not seeing each other until the end of the week. And I feel like I'm a single parent, you know, handling all these things. So the more I pray, the more I sensed God being with me, the more patient God was with me, the more resilient I became, the more I, I was like, okay, I'm not alone. I got God with me. Our marriage is going to make it. Um, we're going to hold on, even though we're going through a tough time, we're, we're going to hold on to this and, 
it, that every time you see yourself making it through one crisis, that makes you more resilient for the next one. Because then you, when you get into the next crisis, you can look back and say, hey, remember we made it through that. So right. you can make it again. You know, it's kind of like that remembrance of we made, we made it through one thing. We can make it through the next, you know, just reminding ourselves of that when we get into the next crisis. Because there's always some other challenge in marriage that comes up down the road. And just kind of leaning on the, the prior times that God has helped us, builds us for the next, you know, big one that comes along. It really does. Yeah, that's good. That's good. good. And and that that first one that you got past that gave you the strength to get past the next one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, listen, where can our followers, our listeners follow you so they can keep in contact? That would be great. Um, My I'm on Facebook and Instagram and it would be, excuse me, at Michelle M. Castelli. My last name is spelled C-A-S-T-E-L-L-I. You can send me an email. I'd love to hear comments. My email is michelle at growingyourrelationships.com. You can also go to my website, michellemcastelli.com. They all have that Michelle M. Castelli in there. Um, but uh, again, it'd be great to, I would love to hear from your, your fans and your, your, your listeners to see how, what they're thinking and feeling. That'd be great. Um, I also have an author of a book, A Heart for God. It's on Amazon where I look at men and women in the Bible and how they've dealt with different relationship issues. And there's prayers in there and reflection time. Again, it's called A Heart for God from Michelle M. Costelli. That's another way that they, if they wanted to do some further reading. So thank awesome. you. Yeah. Well, listen, thank you so much. I hope everybody has enjoyed this episode. You just got a free counseling session brought to you by <laughs> Resilient, Resilient Love. Love. All right, we'll see you in the next one. Bye. Thank you to all listeners and subscribers. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Leave us a five-star review on Apple so that we can continue sharing resilient love. Thanks for listening.